Your story is waiting for you today. Your story has something new to say. But your story will only come out to play when you're alone. Alone. Alone in a room with invisible people. The following episode may contain swearing. Alone in a Room with Invisible People is brought to you by hollyswritingclasses.com. If you find value in what we do and you'd like to support the podcast, go to coffee.com, that's K-O hyphen F-I.com forward slash alone, or you can go to alonewithinvisiblepeople.com forward slash support us to find out more. Thank you. Hi, I'm Rebecca Gallardo, the host of Alone in a Room with Invisible People. I am here today with author and teacher Holly Lyle, and today's topic is choosing titles. Before we get into the topic, we're going to talk about our weeks. Well, this week has been really, really productive for me. I am still working on the uh, final editor's revision of the Ohio novel, and uh, I went from chapter 16 to chapter 20. Uh, I have gone from uh, I, I've, I've gone over a hundred thousand words now, which I really, really did not want to do. But I'm thinking there's going to be a little bit towards the end that I can cut some more out of, so yeah. that I can still have it in the ninety, somewhere in the ninety thousand word range. Mm-hmm. Um, I came up with the character that I needed my male protagonist to be, and he landed right in the midpoint where I need him to be. And he came out way better than I had anticipated after writing the wrong guy twice. <laughs> um, he's he's in there now. It's done. And I have moved past that. And um, I am cruising towards what's now going to be the ending of Chapter 30. But that could change yet because um, I keep adding chapters. Yeah. It's like so. they keep adding and subtracting, adding and subtracting. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I started with 25. I now have 30. I started with 85,000 words. I now have over 100,000 mm-hmm. words. And um, it's and I still have easily a third of the book left because I'm, yeah, so. <laughs> so you so. had a very productive week. I did. Yeah. Was there anything else on that or no? Um, not really. I mean, I managed to make it into the forum a, couple, a few times and answer some questions and things like that. Um, and, you know, we had snow today. Um, <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's really cool. Yeah. After April. walking around wow. in our, our t-shirts and, and sneakers and shorts two days ago, we had snow today. So, oh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> it was. I love it. Um, my week, so my week is still like, my week starts on Wednesdays because I, decided that my life wasn't difficult enough and I just just okay well I'm gonna start the 12 week year on the first of a month and that first came out of Wednesday so for me I finished the write-in it took me six of the seven days I had allotted for the write-in so now I am doing the type-in and my goal was minimum eight scenes a day maximum was supposed to be 10 scenes a day because I'm giving myself two weeks to get the type-in done so that I can get it to you and Matt. Even though I'm only two days in, and I did I did do one scene this morning before we got together for the podcast, but I'm only two days in, and I am 29 scenes down, seven chapters, and I'm working on chapter eight, and 164 pages in. And that was a lot. 
because I had been intend intending on, you know, 10 scenes a day, 10 scenes a day, just this irregular, consistent effort. But the first day I just kept going and kept going and it, I, it was nice. I even had to make myself stop after 20 scenes. I was oh, like, I no, I, I need to not burn myself out. So yeah, that was really cool. Um, and I am looking forward to doing it again today. I'm really, really looking forward to at least getting that minimum of eight scenes. Yeah. I'm going to be doing revision today after we're done with this too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah we are, we are both <laughs> looking forward to our day. So yeah. Um, let's go ahead and get into choosing titles. So yeah, this is, this is one that, uh, Holly and I were both kind of like, Ooh, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> not a good one for us. But no. at the same time, you know, mom really put a lot of thought into it and apparently came up with a full mini episode. So, yes. yeah. So full disclosure here, I absolutely suck at titles. I am absolutely horrible at titles. If I come up with, with a title and I think it's great, um, it will bomb. It will absolutely <laughs> bomb. So, so you have to understand that I am coming at this from your perspective, right, right straight down the middle. Um, I've, I have almost nothing that I have ever titled has gone out to print with the, the original title. Almost nothing. <laughs> I've done half and half. I've had some titles, um, like I had a, a, a screenplay that I was writing called The Ruby Woo. And everybody fucking loved that title. But mm -hmm. then I've had titles where even Mark made fun of me. And <laughs> then I've also... Like, my more popular stuff when it came to the fan fiction, literally everything named after song titles. I was huge into music. I was huge into making the music fit the the, the stories. I mean, and I'm talking, like, Furious Angels, if you, if you look at that one. Every single chapter, which is like 500 words maybe, every single one of those is named after a song title. Wow. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I'm not great. You know, I've, I've got some that are really cool, but the majority of the titles I come up with are shit. Mm -hmm. uh, Matt is the one that came up with Leaving Wanda Lucia. Mm -hmm. You're the one that came up with Glass House, which was really cool. That was a moment of just sheer luck. Yes. <laughs> just, just, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really neat. And then my working title, The House on Andrews Ave, is so boring and also too fitting of every single 1,000 million titles of the haunting of blank, yeah. blank house or asylum or something. So it's like I, Matt's going to be coming up with a title for me for that one too. So let's get into <laughs> titles and what you came up with for today. Okay. Um, one of the, like, once, once you have written the story, um, first off, you don't don't start with with titles because <laughs> you you tend to veer or you tend to try and nail the story to the title and then after you have the story written it, it's you will discover that the title is boring or gives away um what you're doing or it just i have never had a first title work out <laughs> just because I will invariably, as I start into the revision, figure out things that I need to do that to make the story better that kill the title or that just make it too... On that the make nose? It, 
Yeah, too, way too on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> one of the things that you can do, and I have done this repeatedly, is you can, once you have the story done and you are putting out uh, your story to your beta readers or to your writer's group or whatever, ask them, hey, what what kind of titles would, you know, would work for this? And get a little feedback on that. But... Well, With that's that- how that's how I got leaving one to Lucia was I was specifically say it was like untitled romance. It literally that's what you guys got. <laughs> yes. And Matt, looking at the story and reading the thing, uh, had written in the editors, the content editors' notes. If this story isn't named "Leaving One to Lucia," it's a crime. And the funny thing is, the entire thing, even the at the very beginning, and at the very end, literally every single scene is in Wanda Lucia. She never, she, she ends up moving there. I'm giving some spoilers here, but she ends up living there. She ends up yeah. wanting her parents to live there. They, I think they're <laughs> going to move close, but not there. Um, and then the, the it's, it's an ironic title, but it's also, it kind of fits because the entire time her goal is to leave Wanda Lucia. Yeah. So it was... It was just like, oh, holy shit, you gave me, like, the best possible title ever. Matt's really good at that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He has named so many of mine. Um, so, but, okay, let's say you're not married to the guy who comes up with the perfect title. Yes. <laughs> or he's not your stepdad. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yes. Um, let's say that you are, and let's say you don't have a writer's group with people, somebody in there who's really good at this. And let's say that you are going to have to do this on your own. Um, okay. So here's where you start. You look through. Hold on one second. I just want to say where you really want to start is where mom has, has started, but she has not actually explained that part, I think. And it's understanding that your title might not be this amazing thing you think it is. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, please, please give yourself room to write some really, really bad titles. Because in the midst of writing really bad titles, you can get some good ones. And you probably won't recognize them. But we'll get to that. First, what you want to do is to get some inspiration. And the first place you look for inspiration is on your bookshelf. Um, What titles in your genre, in the genre of the story that you're writing, what titles dragged you into that genre to begin with? Um, before you had read any books in the, in the, in the genre, and you were just thumbing through however it was you found it, what titles made you look at the cover and then buy the book? And write them down. Write down every single title you found that you just freaking love because it brought you into this genre that you fell in love with and it made you want to read the genre and then to write the genre uh, because because of that book, because of that. Yeah, I, I'm thinking Lawrence Block's Long Line of Dead Men. Oh my God, that was in my head. That was literally yeah. in my head. And I was going to say Lawrence Block has a whole bunch of really amazing titles, but he tends, I don't know if it's that he finds his in the dialogue or, or mm-hmm. what, but a lot of his his titles are either straight from dialogue or a play on the dialogue. Yeah. Or yeah, play they are. on something that was written in the story. Right. 
Um, he has some of the best titles out there. And when, when you are looking for a book and you see a title, a book titled A Long Line of Dead Men, if you love um, crime and mysteries and, and uh, cop thriller type investigative things, then A Long Line of Dead Men just sings to you. And you pick up that book and you read it and you go, wow. And... Well, there yeah, are... there's there's a certain amount of relativity to this stuff oh, too because yeah, yeah there's somebody out there might not think that's the best title in the world but but it, it's <laughs> your readers are going to tend to to probably what like like the kind of titles that you come up with because it speaks to them right if you are if you are being honest with the book if you're not just going for some sort of a a thing that you think will be catchy that does not represent what's in the content of the book. Um, okay, so you are looking at your favorite published book titles and you're asking yourself why. Why was it that that title caught your eye? And you write down as many different things as you can think of. Well, it was a pun. Um, Robert Asprin. No, no, no. Um, yeah, I think it was Robert Asprin who had a lot of pun titles. And, um, God, somebody else did too. Huge name, huge name, fantasy writer. I, 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 mine just has gone blank. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pun titles. Uh, or it's, it asks a question. Or it, it hooks into this part of your brain that, that um, loves images. And when you read a, some sort of poetic phrase, you sort of see something that you hope will be in the book some sort of fantasy title about rolling hills and elves and magic and dragons and something that that then echoes back into what's on the cover of the book and that pulls you into it because all of this stuff has to integrate yeah yeah one of my favorite titles was um a historical romance i think it was um through a glass darkly and it's just such a captivating title to me you know it just right it it really speaks to me that that visual because you just mentioned visual and that's that's the one that came to my mind and i really like that one yeah and and one thing on that too is ripping off shakespeare for titles is like the most popular source of titles on the planet i am pretty sure that's a Shakespeare line. Oh, um, very possibly. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of people out there that can take from inspiration and make it work. And then, but you got to be careful too, because your, your writing kind of has to be up on par with <laughs> something yeah. that you're taking inspiration yeah. from. Seriously, seriously, if you are using um, a couple of words from Shakespeare that are recognizably Shakespeare and you don't have that element of grace and poetry and elegance in your own writing, um, that's going to be an automatic disconnect for the reader who recognized the source of the title, went to it for that, and found your short, dark, grimy... um, edgy cyberpunky type thing 
I don't at know. the I end think, of Shakespeare. See, well, I I think that 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 everything that you just described would would be cool too and would fit that title. But I think if it's if it's an amateur writing that has clearly not had you know time to grow and that didn't get edited and you know if it's just not good writing that you ended up publishing and didn't have anybody else help you with uh then taking from a arguably master of the written word is going to bite you in the ass for sure yes Yes, there is that too. There is a promise in the title that the writer has to be able to keep. Mm-hmm. And beginning writers probably should not steal from Shakespeare. Yeah, um, unless <laughs> they're being funny or ironic or... But but yeah, even then, it's, it's even just... Then. Yeah, you, you've got to be careful. Right, you know, so Poe is the same. Um, yeah, a lot of people take Poe titles. Mm-hmm. But again, same, same high standards apply. Um, what makes you buy the books in your genre that you buy? And this is not what makes you, what titles make you, but what is in those books. List everything that you love about the books in your genre that you buy. Um, I'm going to pull, since I am so deeply buried in this right now, I'm going to pull out Ilona Andrews as my example. And there are some things that I get very tired of in Ilona Andrews, one of them being the fact that because of, of their two backgrounds, everything revolves around combat sooner or later. And I get a little tired of that. But the characters, the world building, um, the elegant way in which um, world history and world mythology and um, magic and science are all dumped into these books and mixed beautifully and and just tied in together. Um, I find the, the Ilona Andrews titles completely dull. <laughs> I mean, um, but yeah. it doesn't matter because once I once I got past the first or once I got into the first book, she could she could title them Turd, Turd Two, Turd Three, or they it's... rather. And and I would still buy them. Because of the content, but you have to get the reader first. And your titles, if you're not somebody who has already made it big and who now has zillions of reviews, your titles have to be that first thing that brings people to you. So what do you love? And and something poetical, something graceful and magical it would work so beautifully on Ilona Andrews' titles. The two-word things I understand are very punchy, and they tie the series together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they're they're sort of a necessary marketing tool for people for two writers who have really gone big. Mm-hmm. Um, but they those, are they are a little. I don't, I, I don't know if they're yeah. It's just they kind of feel a little trite or a little obvious, and just a little I don't know what word is in my head right now a brain fart but it's it's just just not fitting the the fun interior the, right it yeah they, it's they don't hint at that no they don't hint at that that really fun story they don't hint at the very high quality of the writing no not um, at all yeah yeah I mean it's just they're these little two word tied together. This is a series. This is series book one, book two, book three, book four, book, book ten. Um, and 
that was a turnoff for me. And it was just the fact that I had three separate people say, well, you know, what you write's a lot like what Ilona Andrews writes that mm-hmm. made me try them in the first place. And I went, holy crap, <laughs> look at what I've been missing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, the, that's a good point, too, is that you've really got to to do your best when it comes to titles because you can have an amazing book you can have an amazing series and nobody's biting because the titles are boring or the title or, or as they're scrolling through amazon they just they they kind of blur out on your title because uh you know it's been i've heard that a million times or i've seen a million books that are similar and that's why you're you're going to end up repeatedly getting lower and lower and lower on your stats is mm-hmm. nobody's clicking and buying and reviewing right right so this title <laughs> title is such a big deal and you know seriously once you've made it big you can call it turd 1 turd 2 and turd 3 and people will go oh okay but that's 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 bob schmo of course it's going to be awesome bring on the turds and <laughs> But most of us aren't there. I'm not yeah. there. Well, yeah, the I I don't <clears throat> even look at the titles of Darcy Coates books anymore. Just right. I already pre-order them. It says, oh, I've got a new pre-order coming out. I pre-order it. It gets paid on the day that it releases, and it's done. If Darcy Coates puts something out, I pre-order. So it's you. You kind of you definitely want to get there, but at the same time for those of us who you know clearly aren't there yet we we've really got to pay attention to the titles right so and you you mentioned pulling out the things that you love in a genre and love in these books that you buy how do you how do you translate that to a title okay <clears throat> we're, we're almost to that point i have one other thing the the last question is how important in a book that you bought was the title uh to that decision and if the title is what sold the book for you and then the book lived up to the title, then you want to save that title because you're going to come back to this stuff later. You're going to come back to your favorite published book titles. You're come, going to come back to why they are. You're going to come to what, what made you buy the books um, in your genre that you buy. That, and these are the elements of the genre, things like the magic or the science or the technology or the combat or, or whatever it is that you love. And then how important is the title to the decision that brought you to the book in the first place? Or, or how important was the title in that sale? And these are things you keep in the back of your mind because you are not the only person who operates on these standards. And you have to understand that each of these elements is going to be a way that a reader can find you. So with that said, now let's go ahead and take a look at how you do some of this stuff. When you are making your own titles, the first thing you look for is finding your themes, phrases, descriptive conflicts, um, conflicts that could inspire things. And let's talk about that for a little bit. Okay. Okay. Book themes. Just want to, yeah. Um, we can go with, well, let's. Let's take, do you want to take one of your books that you've already written that's out there and then try to rename it? Oh, sure. Okay, so let's go with Hawk's Bar. Okay. All right. The title for that book, and that's probably not one of my better titles. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, because because it is a stone that is used to make the eyes of the protagonist. Um, and that's a very grim, dark process. 
but it's also um, but, really freaking cool. It's cool, like all of the religion, all of the the stone eyes, the uh-huh. the pirates that are there because you had no idea that there's pirates in there. There's magic, and then you got the title Hawksbar, and it's like I would not have read it if it wasn't your book, uh-huh. because the title inspires nothing out of me. <laughs> right? It doesn't. That title says absolutely nothing. Um, Redbird wouldn't have said anything. And Talon, the first one, didn't say anything either. And again, I titled all three of those. (laughs) With Hawksbar, so pick one of the the conflicts in there. I I like the conflict of of her religion versus her people versus Mm -hmm. or even her her love for the main character versus her people. Or the, the secondary character, the male protagonist. Right. That's a theme. Um, so let's go, let's kind of look at, um, things that are, they, well, all of these girls were kidnapped too. All Mm -hmm. of them were, or sold into slavery, were, were given to this order of female monks, um, have had brutal lives as these disciples are subject to horrific punishments. And if they, if they don't, if they actually kind of get the chance to survive, to go up in the ranks, their reward for this is to have their eyes ripped out and have them replaced with these stone stone replacements that leave them blind, but that give them magical senses. Yeah. So, you know, the, um, it's not a fun order. It's not a fun religion. There's politics in the religion, too, and I don't want to give away too much. So so what we're looking at here is um, something like the eyes of magic. And, and here is where the theme would be um, important for a three-book series because there is magic in all three books. And the first one could have been something like the soldier of magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one could have been the eyes of magic. Um, the third one could have been the passion of magic, since that was going to be the love story between um, the secondary character in the second book and uh, the girl that she met. Um, I like s- stone, stone-eyed magic. <laughs> For some yeah. reason, that's in my head. Um, yeah. But but there's just so many different titles that you can pull out. And what's cool is you can sit there and, and just, you know, brain dump out title ideas. Yeah. You know, just the, I don't know if this is on your list, but I would also suggest going to Amazon and looking up whatever kind of titles that you really prefer and see how many other books have that title. One or two is not a big deal, but... <laughs> there are sometimes, if you look up a book, it, like even Sympathy for the Devil. I love that book, but if you mm-hmm. look up Sympathy for the Devil without putting in Holly Lyle, good lord, there are so many books titled Sympathy for the Devil. Back when I wrote it, there weren't, but yeah, yeah. there are now. <laughs> well, some of them were, were a little bit older. There was maybe yeah. like two or three or four, right. and I didn't go through all of them to see, but it's it, it's just... You, you want to try to keep a title to be a little bit more unique, even uh-huh. if you just add a, another word in there that fits. So it's just, it's like just this amalgamation of crap you have to, 
keep in mind when coming up with titles. Right. And there's, yeah, I'm just going to quickly mention that I have a short workshop called Title Cover Copy uh, in which I go in detail into a lot of this stuff. But right now we just want to focus on titles. Yeah. And on how to come up with them just without really, really letting them suck. And there are a couple more steps in this. Mm-hmm. So so what you have seen, we've, we've looked at some themes. We've, we've come up with a couple of alternate titles. I've mentioned a little bit about how um, you are connecting three books in a series by um, maybe one word. Um, all of these women were Tonk, which, and the Tonk are a, a horse-crazy clan of of kind of aboriginal peoples with a crazy difficult complicated religion and uh they're scattered across a whole bunch of different continents and they have and so there are these conflicts between the tonk but there are also conflicts between uh the city tonk and the 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 country tonk and there are conflicts between the tonk and everybody else and yeah. and then um, there's the nomad tonk and yeah yeah, because these are these are the guys who don't get along with nobody, and <laughs> there are there are even conflicts with Tonkin in their own little little groups. But um, so they were a really conflicted group, and I loved them, and they were crazy about their horses. And these could be the titles of these could have been something like um, the horse clan of this place, the horse clan of that place, the horse clan of the other place, or and or you know just. A series titled "The Horse Clans" or um, the, "I'm grimacing." The, <laughs> yes, I know. And then, and then yeah. a bunch of of more descriptive titles within those. Anything that would have kind of suggested what was in the books, as opposed to Talon, Hawksbar, Redbird, which say nothing. Nothing. Yeah, they're yeah. J- they're literally just the names of what of people. Three char- yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're the so. names of three characters. They're the, 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 th- the names of the th- the three protagonists. Yeah, and one of them actually that wasn't originally her name. She just got named after the stone that was put in her eyes. Yes. So it after just, she was made a priestess, lucky yes. her. But it's <laughs> yeah. So so you look for the different conflicts and and find a way to tie those into to the books. So let's um, there's there's quite a few. T- um, Schindler's List comes to mind. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a game of uh, the the Game of Thrones. It really tells you. It feels like a chess match. That's a conflict. Yes, exactly. Yes. It's a conflict. It feels like a chess match. It mm-hmm. feels like um, it, it feels like war. It feels like within that four words you have built um world building because there you already know there are kings and queens in this thing somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, the game. If you have kings and queens and there's a game, it's not going to be friendly because this is it has different countries. It it builds out the scope right there. Yeah. That this is this is not just one throne, one king, one queen and the problems in their world. This is a conflict between opposing forces and it's and when just you, right yeah. there. And when you know that there's a game of thrones, so when you know that there are the people on the top fighting over power, you know that the people on the bottom, the people are in the middle, they're the ones that are going to suffer more than the people at the top. So you always, yeah. So you already know that this this is if it lives up to its title, it's going to cover a variety of people in a variety of classes, 
And the idea of thrones gives you a rough timeline so you know that it's not now unless it's being metaphorical, but it's not. So right. you know that it's it's going to have a certain historical aspect to it. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot to something as simple as a Game of Thrones. Right, right. That's a beautiful example of, of something well done. We're just running into so much complexity here. Yes. And this is titles are not just this thing you throw off one and you get and it's perfect it's just there are you want to go through themes phrases descriptions conflicts uh, and and passions and loves that you have and characters and descriptions of characters and um just funny little lines that you might have tucked away in in the story itself you know quote yourself you know, go through and find a couple of repeatable quotes. And what you're going to do, and um, there is going to be a moment when you go, you can make this little crazy squeaky sound, but you are going to write out a hundred different possible titles on a piece of paper, minimum, absolute minimum. A hundred might get you one keeper title, and it might not. If you have more than 100, if you have 200, you're going to do better. You might have a chance of, you know, a couple that might not suck. (laughs) Because getting this right is so hard. And getting it so that, and then, (laughs) and then you're going to put your list in front of the people who like what you read, or write, who, your your beta readers, your your writers group, um, the folks in the forum who are also... Yep, I was yeah. just about to say, if you don't have readers, if you you can ask people in the forums, okay, well, do you find people in our forums that read what you are writing, that love yes. what you are, the, the genre that you are writing or the mix of genres and ask them to help. And then you can present them with your titles. There is a private group in title cover copy, the, the class, the, the little workshop that does this for each other. Yeah, so if you have the course title cover copy, and I'll link it in the show notes, but if you don't, you can just go to general forums. Exactly. Right, and what you're saying <laughs> and what you do is you just say, find me 10. Find, pick 10. And you have more than one person, pick 10 that don't suck. And it also you also have to include your blurb when you let people start picking them so that they know briefly in, in 30 words what this book is about. Um, and then from what the book is about, they pick 10 titles that don't suck for that. And then you get all of your little votes back in. And if you have one or two that have more than one vote, those are a start towards getting the right title. And then you might need to do this again and again and maybe again. Yeah, see, none of that sounds interesting to me. No, <laughs> like it's not writing. Fun. Yeah. And, and, and that's part of, of what we're talking about when it comes to marketing as an indie indie publisher. And it, mm-hmm. they, a lot of people think that writers just sit and write, and then they publish, and then they sit and write. And, oh, I love to do that. No, there's a lot of freaking work. There, right. there are some things that are so tedious. And writing out 100 titles, maybe to some people that thinks that sounds like fun, and that's great. But to me, it just, oh, It's God, just grim, work. dark, painful for me. Yeah, and... The thing is that that you can 
when you're doing this, oh, as well, when Holly said you share your blurb in title cover copy, that's the copy, right? It's right. The copy is the part that you guys will read that gives you the brief rundown, the synopsis of the story um, when you're looking at buying things. So that that's right. the blurb. That's the copy. Um, but it, also they could probably help you with your copy a bit too. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, the titles, I, I love the idea of going back through and looking at all of the different titles that you have loved or that, that brought you a lot of passion and stuff. I think um, I've actually learned from this that I need to kind of pay attention to the more visual ones because I really do like the ones that give you a visual sense of mystery even when you're reading them. So yeah. that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. The thing that you want to walk away from here is that the title is not the thing you love. The title is a marketing tool. Yeah. And and there are so many things that you love that are only going to appeal to you. And you aren't going to know what they are until you get them in front of people and have them kind of test this for you by going, okay, well, all of those really long poetic titles don't work for me. And you have, and, and they're looking at your cover, or I mean, they're looking at your copy rather. And they're saying, okay, well, the, the copy tells me what the story's about, and none of those titles tell me anything about that. None of those titles. They're all pretty. They're all pretty, but they don't. I wouldn't buy the book from that title. I would buy it from these little three-word thingies that you hated and that were the desperate thing you threw on the paper because that was the thing that it just, you had to come up with something else. And those are the things that your muse threw on the page because it was pissed off and angry. And it, and those were the ones that worked. And the process of grinding through that long list of titles <clears throat> will give you things that work because they are true to the book without being, having all of your little special prejudices and favorites and, and things that, that, blinded you to the fact that it's a character's name and it means absolutely nothing to the person who might want to read the book yeah because you have you will have your favorites by god and um they will be the the, the your your darlings are the ones that are going to sink your book yeah and, and again this is all generalization but i oh, yeah. mean it it really is important to remember what she just said, that, that your favorites could sink the book. Because a lot of writers, we have a lot of our ego tied up in our work. We really do. It is it is part of how we define ourselves. It is part of how we see ourselves. And a lot of people cling to titles. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people feel like that's part of the creation. That's a part of the art that they, that damn it, that is my title. I love it. And you're blinded by the fact that the title might be really cool for you and maybe you mm -hmm. can include it somewhere in the book as a subtitle, but it's not what's necessarily going to get that book into the hands of a reader. And, yeah. and a lot of people are, are writers not to do it as a living, but they, they write for the passion and joy of writing and they want to sell not for the money necessarily, but for the idea of getting their vision out there and having other readers become their right. readers so you don't always have to look at it oh well that is not a title that's going to sell if selling is not important to you think of it as that is not a title that speaks to the reader yeah because honestly i thought talon hawksbar and redbird 
were brilliant, amazing, wonderful titles. And they do squat mm -hmm. <laughs> for the books. Believe me. Yeah. Well, I I never really liked... I like Vin Callis, the agitator, because yeah. there is there is like... Ooh. <laughs> You know, it's it's just there is this level of aggression in the title. But Talon, Hawksbar, Redbird, they've always really just bored me. Yeah, and they just sit there flat and do nothing, and they promise nothing, and they mean yeah. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they really, and it's a shame because they're fantastic. The first two are just fantastic books. I don't, obviously, Redbird, we don't know. We might never know, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure it would be fantastic. So that has been our episode on choosing titles. We hope that this has been helpful. Hey, if you guys are good at making titles, if you have been repeatedly told how great your titles are, get your asses in the forum and help us out, please. <laughs> oh, <God>. Seriously, <laughs> come in, drop into the forums, and, and you can sit there and, and think you're great at titles that that's fine but if people have told you this is an amazing title oh my god i would read that in a heartbeat just because of the title come into the forums and and give us some tips to give our our other people some tips yeah better yet if you have titles that have actually sold your books mm, um and you're yeah. you have numbers to back up the fact that your titles are working come on in and some of us would be very possibly interested in uh, picking your brain and and, yes. and hiring you, for, hiring you for your services because <laughs> some of us are just god awful at this. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so seriously, I mean, this is this is about helping other writers become because again, we are not each other's competition. We are each no. other's acquaintances. We are each other's friends. We are each other's brothers and sisters in war. <laughs> and yes. it's, it's, we we are each we are all kin in a way. So yeah. this is not about competition. This is about creating more readers through creating more writers and sharing our readers so that yeah. they have something to read while your books aren't there. Oh, this is a great author. Oh, I'm going to go back to her because now she has a new book out. Mm -hmm. um, so it, absolutely. Like I would I would jump on anything Darcy Coates suggested to read. I wish she would say this is another author that I love to read because I'd jump all over it. And, yeah. and I think that that mentality being from another writer um, is important. That's why I recommend writers on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Is, is because they are the ones that I have read that are wonderful. I share with everybody because you might, you might not love their genre, but you can learn from their writing as a writer. And maybe you'll discover that you love their genre too, because damn, they're good. Yeah. So... Yeah. So yeah, that has been our episode on choosing titles. Again, please, if you're good at it, if you have proof that you're good at it or whatever, just get in this episode thread and help us out. Give some other folks some help. Um, yes. Yeah, you can follow us on the socials. That is at AIARWIP on Twitter, Alone in a Room with Invisible People on Facebook, Alone with Invisible People on Instagram. You can visit our website at alonewithinvisiblepeople.com. If you would like to support the podcast, we have a coffee account. That's ko-fi forward slash alone. You can also support us through alonewithinvisiblepeople.com forward slash support us to find out more ways to kind of just help us out. Again, like, follow, share, comment on different podcast episodes if you like something. Everything just helps us reach more listeners and helps us help more writers. So if you have any questions at all about this episode, again, go into the forums, give us some questions. I'm just going to say 
we love you guys. Can't wait to talk to you next week, Holly. Yeah. Okay. And one thing, yes, we, we do. We love you guys. This is an episode where you have to be willing to embrace the pain. So just get your paper, get, get, just throw every piece of vaguely related crap you can come up with on the page as a title and then put it in front of people and let them tell you what doesn't exactly suck. <laughs> <laughs> and hang in. You can do this. Because I had one second.